0: Hi, it's Drew from Club Soda here. Can you give me just 30 seconds before the podcast starts? We've just launched a crowdfunding campaign to open an alcohol-free tasting room, shop and bar in the heart of London, and we would love your support. In return, we've got rewards from drink selections to VIP shopping experiences and more. You can get involved at crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash join Club Soda and thanks so much for your support. Now, on with the podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Club Soda Podcast, where this week we are talking about the subject of sober joy. This is the third of our five episodes for Black History Month, uh, hosted by the wonderful Yasmin Spark. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm really good. This this episode fills me with joy already. It was one of my favourite to record.
0: Excellent. So it should. And Laura is here as well. Hiya. How are
2: you, Laura? I'm all right. I'm also joyful. Joyful, joyful. I I sounded a bit like I wasn't joyful then, didn't I? I sounded a bit, I am joyful, whether you like it or not. No, I am truly joyful. I am. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I hate enforced fun. Is there such a thing as enforced joy? Can you push it onto people or does it well up spontaneously from within?
1: Maybe I'm a bit of a joy pusher. I have been told early in the morning, like, oh, God, you're too happy, but sorry.
2: (laughs) As,
0: as someone who's definitely not a morning person, I'm very glad that we're not in the same place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who's, on,
1: who's on your guest list today, yes? So uh we have amazing, some amazing real life stories from some sober Instagrammers. Um so we have Michael, aka sober singy. He's joining us from London. We have the lovely Rondell Stebana founder of Yarder Collective. He'll be joining us from Derby. And we have Bethan, a.k.a. Revived and Sober, and they're joining us from Gloucestershire. So we have people from all over joining to talk about their stories and, to, and their reasons for stopping drinking and the joy that they found in that process.
0: Brilliant. Let's dive in.
1: Hi. Okay. Welcome to this episode of the BHM Club Soda Takeover. We are with Rondell Stabana, the co one of the co founders of Yada Collective. Bethany Irving, a.k.a. Revived and Sober on Instagram, and Michael Singh, a.k.a. Sober Singy on Instagram. And we're going to be talking about sober joy and building community. Hi, everybody. How are you? Hi.
3: Hello. Yeah, good. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Brilliant. Would you mind... Just giving a quick intro for our listeners about who you are um, and the reason you quit drinking or if you are still drinking, your relationship with alcohol. Beth, could we start with you?
3: Yes, so I'm Beth, like you say, revived and sober and um, I've been sober for almost 10 months now Um, and I was thinking about this the other day, I actually started drinking when I was about 13, which is so young Um, and Basically, I just needed to really change my relationship with alcohol. Um, for me, it was it was definitely a lifestyle change. It was just taking so much from me, um, my mental health, physical health. Um, so I wasn't someone to drink in the week, but at the weekend, I would have been drink very heavily. Um, and that would wipe, wipe out my entire week almost. So I'd probably get to like Wednesday, Thursday, start to feel a little bit better and then do it all again. Um, but it was just really like, really... Badly affects my mental health. So, after many years trying to moderate, which is like a unicorn to me, um, I just had to just take take the leap of faith. Um, and actually, it's been the best decision I've ever made. So, moderation was never really going to work for me because as soon as I as soon as I had one, I wanted ten um and that was always the issue it was like I bargained with myself before I went out like okay Beth you're just gonna have 2 you they're gonna go home like everyone else it's normal um whatever that is um but by the time I'd had one that that was out of the window um and I was out out so yeah definitely needed to um change that pattern and that cycle um very draining for me Um, So that's where I'm at now. So it's been 10 months, which is my longest um, period of (laughs) sobriety. And right now I just can't see myself going back because what I've gained is so much more than anything I thought I would lose. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at at the minute. Enjoying being fresh, sober, like mentally, physically well. So. Yay,
1: amazing. I can't wait to hear about how much we gained. gained um, a bit later. Michael, similar reasons for you or, or something totally different? Just give us a quick intro and uh, your reasons for quitting.
4: Hi everyone, I'm Michael and um, essentially a Northerner who's living down in London and I've been sober for just over two years now and yeah. why... <laughs> Why I quit drinking like a lot of um similar to Beth there, it's mental health reasons. I mean, I felt like I got to a stage where drinking had taken over my life, like all social activities needed to have booze. Or well, if if I had to go to one which didn't have booze, I'd kind of like feel a lot of resentment about being there and just was not enjoying myself kind of like stubbornness internally. And a lot of the things around, you know, like I suffered with depression, anxiety already. So, you know, alcohol just was not a friend to that at all. And it was definitely making things worse. And this whole like I got to a stage where I just felt like I was in this like perpetual cycle of doom, really. Like, you know, I'd, you know, Friday weekend uh, on the beers and that Monday, Tuesday, like my brain, like hangover, anxiety. It just like, I just never wanted to leave my bed. And like, by the time I started feeling like better again, I'd just go, I'd do it all again. So I knew yeah. in my head that something needed to change. And, you know, inside I knew that booze was causing a lot of these problems. So I just decided to, i quit smoking a week before. <laughs> I think wow. I just got like a bit of a pain from that. And I just said to myself, it wasn't really like a particular bad night, but it was one of those nights where it's like, you know, don't really remember much, you know, have that anxiety of, you know, blackout. You're thinking, oh, God, what happened? And just thought, "Do you know what, let's give it a go. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, we'll take it one day at a time and see where it leads you. And you know, I've just never at that time would have expected to be so much happier with myself, with my life without booze then you know looking back it's just like why why would I ever put that toxic stuff back in there
1: that's amazing thank you for sharing Michael now Rondell you 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 aren't sober are you but could you just talk to us a little bit about your relationship with alcohol um and maybe a little bit about Yarda Collective and your incentive for starting
5: up? yeah yeah I can I think that all kind of ties into one for me, really. So we started thinking about Yada when I was at uni. So me and my friend were kind of the opposite ends of the uh, drinking spectrum and the social kind of going out spectrum. So I used to go out pretty much religiously. Um, I-, I said to a few people that my attendance on nights out was higher than my lecture attendance sometimes, <laughs> uh, which was fun at the time, but probably not great looking back at it. Um, but then my other friend who was running a society they wanted to go out but didn't really like drinking and um, he doesn't like drinking at all and and is now one of the what we both kind of came together really and and said what's what's that middle ground what's that middle space where people can socialize and um, enjoy themselves and whether they're drinkers or not and um, they can still have a good time in, in an environment where alcohol isn't the center of it." and um, so that that's kind of the incentive of why we started we wanted to reimagine what nightlife could be like and um, what the pub space bar space could be like um so i started questioning my relationship with alcohol in uni um especially in and around my friends who would say stuff around like oh i couldn't go out without drinking um or i couldn't dance without drinking and it just seemed quite um limiting at the time and and that's kind of where i started to question it really but i think i'm in a good healthy position uh with my relationship with alcohol and i feel like Um, at the moment I'd probably say I'm moderating slash sober curious. Um, I, I drink socially, but, um, I don't feel like it's something that I need. Um, it's just part of, part of the night for me really. So yeah, I've, I've been on nights where I don't drink, um, I've been on nights where I do drink, so it's, it's a, a bit of both for me. And that was the incentive behind YADA to create a space where people could have a good time, um, with alcohol, not being at the center of, of the night. Um, so yeah that's me at the moment
1: that's fantastic and I I love what you said about um going out and socializing you know but that's a theme in all of on all of your intros is that it has been kind of beneficial to experience that socialization and that going out without alcohol Uh, could you Michael name one thing that non-drinking has enhanced in your life
4: I was thinking about this the other day and I just feel like during the drinking days that the amount of cloud over my brain or brain fog that it cutting that out meant that I actually had like that time to work out actually what I like in life, you know, what I like doing, who I like socializing with, without that kind of like blur or cloud hanging over me. So, and that extra time that it actually does give you, because I mean, I can't even recall how much time I spent either, you know, on the drink or hung over in bed, trying to hide from the world, like that time to just, you know, try new things. Like, you know, I've got really into drawing, like, and I, I knew that I liked drawing, but never like put time aside to do that. And you know, it just kind of like stuff like that went from there, like doing yoga really got into that. So, I just think about the times where I'd go to the pub and it would probably be with people that I don't like talking about Mm. subjects that I don't want to talk to, but because booze was there, I was, you know, in my head having a good time, but I learned now it's like, well, now I can do things that are much more enriching for my mental health or just for my own fun in general. Like that, thats like not having that temptation there or that, that fog has just allowed me to do so much more in my life.
1: Yeah. I love that. And your drawings are amazing. You've been raising
4: money for charity. Thank you. Yeah. It was like, essentially I'd always draw like, you know, pencil and paper and someone reached out to me. was like, have you ever tried digital drawing? And I was like, no. Um, so I just watched some YouTube videos and, you know, started getting into it and I just did a, like a cartoon, like one of the YouTube videos about like how to cartoon yourself. So I just did a, a drawing of that of me. And then one of my mates went oh yeah can i have one and i was like oh yeah fine but you have got to donate to charity and it just went from there to like like doing other people doing pets like helping people out with um like their businesses for like you know doing some like advertising or logos for them and I think raised about just over 550 pounds at the moment which like i just never would have thought or expected anything like that could have happened just from you know just taking a hobby a bit further so it's just been, and I love doing it as well. And like the people that reach out to me are sober people too. So I feel like, you know, that's that giving back to the community, which just makes it really special for me.
1: That is fantastic. Thank you so much. Like right, Talking about community, let's talk about sober community, the non-drinking community, um, and also our communities um, as black people and people of color. Um, so Beth, Growing up in the UK um, as a black biracial woman, do you think that had any impacts on your influence or or just your relationship with alcohol?
3: Um, I I definitely didn't think so at the time. I hadn't even, it hadn't crossed my mind, but definitely recently I've been looking back at at sort of growing up and drinking culture. And I think where my mum is white British and my dad is black Jamaican, Um, I was always in the middle and a lot of the time I didn't feel like I fit you know on either side so I think as a result of that I was definitely and still am unfortunately but I am working on it um, a people pleaser so I was very easily influenced I always wanted to be a part um, of both groups and fit in with both sides so unfortunately that left me quite vulnerable in terms of being a yes person um so I think my boundaries were a lot lower because I didn't feel like I fit in so when it came to drinking I wanted to drink just as much as everyone else even if that wasn't really my interest I wanted to be out the longest and party the most because I wanted people to like me (laughs) and think I was fun um so I think that that did influence how I behaved a lot of the time um and then before I knew it I was sort of still living that way and my friends had probably chilled out quite a bit um, but I didn't really know who I was so my identity was very I was very confused and it's only in the last oh, it, probably even six months that I've been really like questioning okay like what was going on for me like why was I drinking so much what were my behaviors and and what does life look like for me now Um, You know, because even in the sober community, um, I'm still trying to find (laughs) representation of myself and and my face and where I fit in. So I think it's something that's definitely ongoing, Um, but it's given me time to reflect. And I think that that's such an important part of, you know, going sober is like and remaining sober is feeling that there's other people like you out there. And I think I'm still searching for that, especially on platforms like Instagram, which is where I'm predominantly based. I'm always like looking for people that are like me. And because you need to feel like you fit in because especially with you know, not drinking alcohol, you're already stepping away from the social norms um, yeah. and saying, look, I'm different. I'm not drinking. I'm going to be doing my life is now different to what is deemed as normal. Um, so then you need to also have that extra platform to feel that you fit in with people that are representing you like being mixed race and being female and having someone that I feel represents who I am (laughs) so it's it's complex and it's still things that I'm trying to figure out in my own brain but I think having conversations like this is really important um, because when I first went sober I was just like oh it's fine and now I'm like "Mm, actually it's not fine to feel that you're still on your own and feeling a bit isolated and that you're not being represented in you know in the sober community so that's what i'm working on and also that's why i'm being as vocal as i am on instagram because i want people to see me and, and maybe think that actually oh there is more people that are yeah. different or like me out there yeah so thank you so much for sharing
1: that about representation um Rondell, you created the Instagram account SoberBlackBrit and I know it's it's still in development fa- a phase but could you just explain to us the reason why um, you started that?
5: Yeah I mean that comes nice segue on from Beth really that that's exactly why we created it we um we, we were talking um well we'd in the year of the pandemic when we were kind of setting Yarder up as an actual bar um, we spent a lot of our time looking at um, all the new drinks that had come out, trying to trying to get to know loads of people, and and I'm sure you guys have. You, there's lots of fun people to meet within the sober space, um, yeah. both the guys who are making the drinks and those who are campaigning. Um, obviously, Club Soda have, a, have a, lots of people that you can chat to and who are um, yeah, who are amazing people and, and are doing great stuff in the space. Um, and just as we kept meeting people and. Um, I think it was AF Beer Club, Robin, uh, we spoke to him quite a bit, Tom from Wise Bartender. As we kept meeting people, I just started to realise that there wasn't anyone who looked like me. Um, I think we went to a, what was it called again? I think it was the AF Beer Club um, Beer Awards, basically, the AF Beer Awards, and I'd presented one of the awards and everyone, because it was still in the pandemic, everyone was online, Um, and just kind of like flicking through Zoom, I was like, there's literally no black people um, there's no BAME people at all. So I think it was then really that I'd kind of realised that actually there's, there isn't many people in the space who are um, of people of colour. Um, and then after that, obviously, when people started to meet um, in person again, which was amazing, um, yeah. a lot of the sober community started to meet again and um, we were connecting with them, so I'd be sober, um, Sober Circle, all those guys. Um, and I'd started to like follow everyone on Instagram, basically. And just by seeing their pictures and who was going to things and and their meetups, predominantly I'd say white females. Um, yeah. And again, I was like, "Ah, oh, is again?" There's no people of color around. Um, and I'm and I'm sure not for lack of trying. Um, and I'm sure not for any ex- exclusionary reasons. Yeah. But it it was just starting to be a little bit of a trend that I'd seen, and I, was, I think at that point I found Barbara um, online. And then, which is Sober in Colour, I think her Instagram is, and obviously yeah. found Beth as well and uh, eventually found you, Yaz. So it, it was a slow burn. I was like, okay, there are people around, so how can we elevate those voices, do do different things, um, even just promote what what you guys do and, and what you're talking about online? So that, that's the aim of it, really, to just amplify those voices um, and just show um, people of our communities that there are people doing the Sober Life And they are there are people who are trying and failing, but also getting back up and trying again um, and just sharing that story, really. So it wasn't to kind of. Create any like big solution or anything like that, it it was purely to just say, look, we are here um, and we are part of this sober sober community and we are part of the sober curious community as well. Uh, And the new advances in the alcohol free scene as a whole, there's people who are part of it um yeah. and we are here and we do want to get involved with, with everything that's going on so that was that was it really to just showcase and share that there are people of color in this space
1: that's a fantastic idea because uh you're right there is representation matters right like we we are encouraged and we feel inspired and supportive and we see others that look like ourselves that have gone through you know this, the same things um Michael, how do you navigate being a person of colour in the active sober scene? I know you go to a lot of things. I really want to hear about your speed dating. Um, but, yeah, can you just tell us a bit about your your experience?
4: It's very, like, a lot of the what was mentioned then is quite, it does resonate a lot with me, especially, you know, the growing up piece around, you know, that, Feeling different, and um, you know, I grew up in the north, and um, essentially, you know, wh- where I went to school, not really. I was like one of a few people of color there, and you know, that made to feel different, and that was like that gap to bridge, like into because like everyone drunk seemed to be the normal, cool thing to do. It's like bridging that to you know be more like everyone else instead of being different, and I think it was only until you know uh, being sober as well being feeling different it took me quite a long time to sort of like feel confident enough to go yeah i'm different and that's a good thing really um that whole piece around representation there it's it's so true even in london that you know predominantly it's white females that you see you know at these events and you know there's couple of um, groups that I'm in. There's the uh, brunch club, which is, um, which Jess set up, who's I'm Sober Hun, who's like, she gets like people to do a 5K run and then go for brunch afterwards. She Love has a couple of people that are non-white uh, attending that, which is such a great like feeling to see, you know, other people. Um, I think it's just about like, for me, um, it's just, yeah, trying to raise, that voice and that platform. And I don't know if it's, you know, people just don't advertise things very well, or, you know, it's just making sure that people feel comfortable enough to, to you know, to join these groups really. And, um, well, the speed dating as you mentioned there, I think that would that, that fits well with the whole confidence piece, uh, essentially, you know, drinking I use that as artificial confidence, in my life um you know when it comes to dating especially that would always be quite triggering anxiety you know that feeling of wanting to feel normal and not be different and that kind of like use dating as like that kind of like bar to set like you know someone likes me it means i'm not different it means that i am yes. normal and so to start of like going or something like that without any sort of like safety net as i probably think about it um it was quite terrifying. I just wanted to really do it to just, you know, test myself. And if I can do that, then I, can, I feel confident I can do, you know, anything from a dating situation, really. Um But it was it was very intense, <laughs> like about 15 four-minute dates in a row, which was... Um, like it like it was a lot of it's quite a blur most of it like because you just my brain was just like, working like overtime like throughout I probably said the same nonsense like each time but I left it feeling like like really positive about myself and being like yeah I did this like I think sometimes that I think it's really important just in right in general to just you know give yourself those victories you know you know be happy like i feel confident to be proud about things you know because what we're doing is incredibly difficult like you know if it it was easy then everyone would probably do it with all the stats coming out about drinking so you know give yourself you know credit for what you've done like because it's amazing i think i've I've done a very long winded way probably not answer the question there
2: but
1: you have you answered it amazingly thank you michael (laughs)
5: um
1: beth i don't know if you've got anything to add about navigating the sober communities as uh, a black woman a black biracial woman
3: um it is like you say michael most of the events i go to it is predominantly white people and females but that's because some of the groups i I go to are female only groups which is fine um but it is it is not fine when you, you sort of feel like you're Again, you know, I can't help but scan a room and be like, oh, OK, there's two of us out of, you know, 40, <laughs> two people of colour in a room. You know, you, I find myself doing that a lot. Um, so I think it's important to, for, you know, for, for people that are struggling in that sense to, to maybe have a voice. And that's why I've set up some um, social events myself. So in the summer, I started uh, Revived and Sober Socials, which I've only done two of so far, um, but they were were great fun. And I'm hoping to do another one in October. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's inclusive of everyone, and it's just to show that being sober is fun, and there's lots of things that you can do that doesn't involve going to a bar. Um, so the first um, social was just like a brunch, and then the second one was pole fitness, which is <laughs> what I love doing. Um, so that was that was really fun, um, and it is it is open to everyone, and that's that's I, I guess being a person of color running them shows that. You know, anyone is welcome. It's difficult because I live in the Cotswolds, which is very white. Um, so it's it's doubly difficult for me in that sense. Um, but I'm hoping that it will expand. And I, like I say, as long as everyone is aware that it is for everyone, then I'm happy with that. Maybe I need to think, you know, more inclusive of men next time. <laughs> 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 you know, we do get men that come into our poll passes, so um Just
4: quickly ask a question um and i don't, like the whole inclusivity piece and so you know the brunch club i mentioned there's I some like artwork for that and um you know it shows some runners on it and i put mix of you know different colors for the people that were running on there and like how it, And i know it's something small but does that make a difference to just the you know it's not just the, you know white people running um is it all the colors does that help inclusivity like i wouldn't say that i'm an expert so i'm generally curious if stuff like that little things do make a big difference
3: i would say so definitely i think having spoken with you, Yaz, um, it's definitely made, it's opened my eyes more to try and, and you know, even some of my Instagram stories, I was sharing lots of stories of, of accounts that, you know, are, are the white community, which is absolutely fine, but it was also, but it, was, it wasn't was representative of other people. Uh, and it's a bit like what you were saying, Rondao, is that you really have to dig deep to find accounts for people that are people of colour you know so I think that was it wasn't intentional but it was just that was what my Instagram was it was just predominantly um you know white accounts so I do make a conscious effort now um to actually find and source out people of colour so I can actually start posting other people's experiences and stories and I think Michael like you say just adding a picture that shows people from different like ethnicity is a massive thing because it's like oh okay that could be me (laughs) you know and those are the small steps that actually make a big difference I think
1: yeah and let's talk about just quickly why we have said representation um and and that it helps to see people that look like ourselves but let's like explore that a bit more why why do we think we all live in Britain why do we think it is that we it's so important for us to find people of colour to be the visible um majority or minority in, in these non-drinking spaces like why is it what's the impetus behind that i think Odell, i don't know if you want to take that
5: yeah i can go for it. um i think for me it it, it sparks it, it sparks a thought in your mind that that just widens your perspective so i'm hoping for like from a from a, a white person's point of view, seeing. Us uh, on a panel, for example, um, that might just be enough to go. Oh, actually, I know there's a certain community in and around my space that we've not actually engaged with yet. So, why haven't we done that? And how can we do that? So, ho- hopefully, it just sparks some thoughts and some inspiration into in people's minds. Really, just just being a bit more visible. And I think the other thing, from a hopefully a BAME point of view, um, a person of color's point of view, that when you see someone um modeling a behavior that, that you want to model, it just it kind of puts you at ease a bit, doesn't it? Because, oh well, actually someone has gone before me and done this. Or someone is working within that space, even if they're sober, sober curious, um, etc. Just it just gives you a little bit more confidence to say, well, I know they are there. So that must mean I or hopefully that must mean I'm welcome in this space. Um and I can bring my friends and I can they can bring their friends. Um so I think that that would be what I'd say that just being just having that bit of visibility is is enough to spark an interest and, and spark someone's hopefully some inspiration into people's minds that actually there's more people to be reached when we're when we're doing things.
1: Thank you so much, Rondell. I completely agree, and also I think right from a personal standpoint, you know, my goal is always to to get people to really think deeply about their mental health and their trauma in. Relation to their relationship with alcohol, and actually that narrative as a black person experiencing that trauma, or as a person of colour experiencing that trauma, that narrative is is nowhere in um, the mental health spaces. Yeah, the NHS spaces, we don't see um, resources targeted towards our different communities. Um, and let's be real, everybody is different, so we do need to have slightly different tactics um, when we are. Helping people of colour to access those resources?
5: Yeah, I think I saw some research the other day that shared that people of colour don't tend to um, go to services or that they don't feel like they can access it, but try to, they normally try and solve it within their community. But it's, it's interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see how well equipped we are to actually mm-hmm. deal with those things, because um, we're very good at trying to deal with ourselves then do we have all the resources necessary to be able to even do that in the first place? Um, and I think going back to that visibility a little bit, someone said to me the other day that uh, so especially like within the social um, enterprise space or charity space, they, they talk about people who are hard to reach. Um, and they said, Oh, I don't like that phrase anymore. Um what they wanted to say was more, these are the people that are easily forgotten. Yes. Uh, so rather than hard to reach easily forgotten. So I think that's, that's what they wanted to, kind of discussed with me and they were talking about that visibility part of it helps to for people to remember that there are other people to be reached um and stuff like that so yeah that that was just a good phrase I've picked up on the other day
3: Thank you. Beth, Michael, I don't know if you want to add anything. I can relate to that. And I like that terminology of changing the terminology for hard to reach because, you know, everyone is reachable. It's just how we're how we're approaching it. And it's not a one size fits all with, um, you know, having support around alcohol and addiction and, and even just lifestyle changes. You know, I think you do have to address people differently if they have different backgrounds, because a person of colour's history and trauma and growing up would have been completely different to someone that is from the white community. And I think that that's yeah. what we need to address. And, you know, the types of abuse that, you know, we we probably all suffered as a result of being a person of colour, that needs to also be looked at, because I think that those have massive impacts into why people drink as well it's like trying to not just fit in but it's trying to block out the things that may have been said to us over the years and I think that's definitely something that I've done is you know not just becoming a yes person it's becoming an it's fine person as well and just being accepting accepting of things that you know um, i've experienced and i think that that's not okay and actually we do need tailored support to meet those needs
4: yeah i think that's a hundred percent spot on really like you know mentioned there's there's different nuances with you know everyone really and you know how you approach people that that, that whole piece around one size fits all is yeah there's it, not really a thing there and, and what you mentioned about um using drinking as a um, a way to, you know, support trauma is, I mean, something that I did, like, and it's no doubt what a lot of people have done and, you know, having services and things available to support the people, I think is just so important. And just that whole communication from everywhere that, you know, drinking shouldn't be the answer or it shouldn't be promoted as an answer to anything like that. It's, you know, it, there's, there's much healthier ways to do this like it's very yeah so there's a lot of things that can be done I'll say
1: thank you all we are about to run out of time so I just want to ask you all my favorite question which I ask everybody so far um finally when are you happiest Michael if we start with you
4: I would say when um you see there's a, there's a tie, but I think you can put them both together. So I'd be when I'm drawing, but when I've um, but a dog's like next to me, cuddling me. I think those two together. That I can't, you can't beat that for me. <laughs>
3: it's so cute, Beth. Yeah. So um, my happiest moments are actually the ones that I usually in the past wouldn't have even recognized as a moment so I'll just be walking in the park with my husband and my dog and I'll just have this sudden rush of like I'm feeling really bloody happy (laughs) and it's not because I'm out doing anything crazy it's just because I'm feeling really content in my life and where I'm at Um, and that has definitely come from from stopping drinking so it's the really simple moments that make me the happiest. I
1: love
5: that. Rondell? Uh, mine's probably that in between space after exercising Um, yeah! the moment you finish exercising you've got that like dopamine hit for the next half an hour hour um that normally says no that's normally a good part of my day so yeah that that bit just after you finish exercising you feel like you've achieved something that's probably when i'm most happy
1: yeah because you all are are up on your dopamine hits michael's got his yoga and his running beth you've got your pole dancing and your tennis.
3: <laughs> yeah although I'm very rusty at that I've not quite mastered the tennis I must say <laughs> I can hit the ball now though which is um definitely okay. better than what I started <laughs> that's a big
1: win um thank you all so much for your time today um and for sharing if people want to reach out and get in touch and find you um on the socials where can we find you Beth we'll start with you Michael and everyone down <laughs>
3: So um, I'm Revived and Sober on Instagram and on Facebook.
4: And for me, it's at Sober on on Instagram and Singy's S-A-N-G-H-Y. Thank you.
5: And for me, it's at Yarda Collective on Instagram. And then also, if you could follow the other page, which is at Sober Black Brit.
1: Amazing. And... Yada Collective run all kinds of fantastic events so they're open they're open for everybody and they are in Derby but you've got the mobile bar haven't you so they will be zipping around Um, and I guess really just reach out to any of us if you want to get in touch you've got an idea for community building that's what we're all about that's what we're here for that's why we are even recording this episode Um, so don't feel don't feel shy just get in touch And that's the end of the
3: episode. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Cheers. Take
0: care. So, Yaz, how are you bringing more sober joy into your world this week?
1: Oh, I'm actually, I don't know if this is very exciting, but I'm finished. For me, it's exciting. I'm finishing harvesting the apples from
2: my garden. (gasps) I'm just, um, I'm, I'm just watching drew's face and he's like there's jealousy there's jealousy on his face so yeah. that that sounds wonderful yaz you're just you're, you're talking drew's language harvesting food is high up there for him
0: uh, food generally harvesting yes apple trees oh my god apple trees are incredible
2: you, the only thing you could have said that was better than that yaz is that if you also said to him and then you're making an apple tart afterwards <gasps> oh my are you,
0: gosh are you gonna make apple crumble
2: I was
1: gonna make apple pie. Oh <gasps> yes, do it. I'm <laughs> sure you can't try it. I mean, <laughs> uh, apple
0: pie is just a joy that anyone can experience. So yeah, absolutely.
2: Oh, you're, um, so, you're so easily pleased, Drew. I
0: am. Um, Laura, what's joyful in your world right now?
2: Ah, uh, well, I've got kittens. Oh. they're very joyful and very mischievous but very cute I mean we could put a picture in the show notes right yes can... <laughs> yes we definitely
0: can Claude and Eustace should so, get their first down on the podcast
2: I think so Claude and Eustace are giving me great joy and watching um UC's got them doing some amazing acrobatics in the morning I think they'll be ready for a gymnastics floor show and it's very soon they're very good jumpers they can jump over each other backflips the works I'm sure they're more talented than any other kittens in the whole world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, spoken (laughs) spoken like a proud cat parent. (laughs) Your kittens are special.
2: (laughs) They're more special than any other kittens.
0: They absolutely are. They absolutely are. Um, So, um, yes, thank you for bringing these people together to have this conversation about joy. Obviously, you'll find uh, links for all of their social profiles on Instagram and elsewhere in the show notes and on the Club Soda website. Um, Yes, if people want to connect with you, how can they find you?
1: You can connect with me at sugarwaterxx, that's on Instagram. You can also, because we were talking about building our communities um, for black and POC sober people, you can join at sober Black Britain, which is, there's nothing on there at the moment, but that's our site where we're trying to build that community. So just DM us, say hi on that site. Um, and if you are interested in non-alcoholic cocktails, you can have that at, at Align underscore events
0: underscore. Brilliant. Uh, we move,
2: are- move. I just had a brilliant idea. Go, when's, yeah. when's National Cat Day? Could we do a special cat podcast on how cats help you be sober or yes. things like that? Yes. I think we should do that,
0: right? Yeah, we should definitely do that. We can definitely but do that. But
2: not one for dogs, just
0: for cats. Okay, now we're, we're on the verge of falling out
2: again. I, I'm All right, gonna, everyone our social handles, do that. Okay,
0: I'm going to bring this to a close before Laura and I dissolve <laughs> Club Soda because we cannot agree about cats and dogs. Uh, we are at Join Club Soda across social media. We're join JoinClubSoda.com for everything else. And we will chat to you again if Laura and I are on speaking terms next Friday. <laughs> Cheers.
2: Cheers.